You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page for exclusive content. That is patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Uh, Ulysses, we are in two different parts of the state. I am in Southwest Florida at the moment. You are in the Tampa Bay area. And I've got to say, I think I want to move even further south because I woke up this morning took out the dog and it was cold. Like I am getting, I'm becoming to Florida. I need, you know, (laughs) send me to the desert now. Like I, I I cannot, if it gets below 65, I'm, I've got two sweatshirts on. It's I, I, I hate what I've become. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Florida has treated you so nicely that you, you forget where, where your, your Louisville, uh, roots here, your Indiana roots too. Um, look, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 180 degrees uh, different. I, I love this weather, the sweater weather, sweater weather. I love sweater weather. Okay. It's, it's honestly like my favorite thing, uh, to, to go outside and have that, that sun shining down and you still need, uh, a jacket or a sweater. Oh, I love this. I live for this moment. So you're, uh, drinking pumpkin spice lattes and you got your Ugg boots on and all that sort of stuff. I, 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 I am a, a male version of an Ashley. Yeah. Give me the PSL. Oh. I love fall. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I can't, I can't get enough of it. Speaking of uh, cold, the Rays offense during oh, wow. the postseason. That's a good segue, buddy. You like that teaser? Yeah. You like that transition there? Yeah. I like that. They teach that in uh, a USF media school. Get ready for it, folks. That's how you, that's a teaser. That's a transition for you guys. Um, Ulysses, this is something we have kind of been hyping up and something we had wanted to get to, but really had never had the opportunity was the struggles and how much the race struggled offensively. Like we can talk all we want and go back to the uh, Blake Snell decision and removal and things like that. But at the end of the day, the race scored what? one run in that game. And there were several other right. games throughout the playoffs where the offense wasn't really showing. Um, so with that, I think, is it fair to say that the biggest flaw of this Rays offense this year, and particularly in the postseason, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall that it's going to be hard for this team to compete against better pitching teams in the playoffs, the strikeouts and the strikeout rates. Yes. 100%. The lack of contact was so, it was everywhere. 
it was down and up the lineup. Uh, even the superhero, Randy Rosarena, sometimes when he found himself the two, three times he found himself with men on base, he didn't move the ball. He struck out. Uh, so, and this is, by the way, not a bad thing to say about Randy Rosarena. Obviously, he, he basically carried the team to the World Series, but that's how prevalent it was. It was throughout the lineup. There was just no sense of of contact with men on base with one out, try to push one through through the shift, uh, go the other way. It, it, it just was not there. It was it seemed like every guy up there just wanted to hack away at the home runs. How many times did it seem like the Rays had opportunities with runners on first or second, runners in scoring position, less than two outs, and they would come up with nothing or they would just come up with one run? It was so many times where it was like, we had an opportunity there in the third inning, in the fourth, in the fifth, and how do we only score two runs in this game? And we had so much traffic. And yeah, that's, that's a huge, huge thing. Uh, for this team that I think going forward, they're definitely going to have to address. And I want to bring a couple of things up to you, Ulysses. Um, Fangraphs, uh, one of our favorite sites out there, did a terrific job of breaking this down and breaking really the, and not just the strikeout rate, but the offense as a whole. It was almost like a tale of two cities for the Rays between the regular season and the postseason. So in the regular season, the Rays put together a 109 team WRC plus, which was ninth best in baseball. Now in the playoffs, uh, Tampa Bay totaled just two hits and zero walks over the final 7.1 innings of the world series. It was the third time of the series in which they scored two runs or fewer in the second time they totaled five or fewer hits. Moreover in 20 postseason games, the Rays hit 211, 211 as a team. If you take out Randy Arazarena's 370 batting average, the rest of the lineup hit a combined 191. Anemic. Completely anemic offense, and that's what happened. And, Kevo, when you go down the lineup um, and and take out, obviously, like Randy Arazarena, the numbers are just, just horrifying to look at. Only three guys played 20 games. Can you guess who those three guys were? Three guys that played 20 games, uh, not including Randy Rosarina? Including Randy Rosarina. Okay. So, so Randy Ar- Okay. Um, Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas is one, yeah. And the other? The other would be, I would have to say, Brandon Lau. And you would be correct. Now, if you look at their, their slash line, Brandon Lau, 118, 183, 276. Willie Adamas, 136, 301, 203. Those guys <laughs> cannot see that many at bats. Right. <laughs> and, and play every game and with that type of production. I mean, that I mean, 20 games, Kevo, that's a month worth of baseball almost. I mean, how many mm-hmm. games regularly do you play in, in a, in a quote-unquote normal season? In, in 30, in 30, 31 you know, days you play 25 games, right? 26. So you're, you're, you're telling me that almost in a month's work, they put out 118, 136 of a batting average. 
and I know batting average isn't everything, but I mean, I don't think you can do a lot of positive when you're batting 118. Like right. analytics are no matter how many analytics there are out there, you cannot pair a 118 and a 136 in a 20 game span and and, and turn that into a positive. No, you can't. And I think that as much as like batting average has gotten, now oh, you're talking about batting average. How dare you? I think you have to, again, some nuance. You have to take everything at full bore here and look at the big picture. Like, look, I'm going to take, I'll take DJ LeMahieu's 360 batting average. I'll take Tim Anderson's 340 batting average. It shows he's a pretty good hitter and he can right. do some things with the bat for sure. What's interesting, bear with me here. So I mentioned the team's, 109 WRC plus in the regular season. Uh, in the postseason, again, things faltered significantly. And I think a big reason for that, of course, is the better pitching, whether it's starters or relievers uh, of the teams that the Rays face. Thank but, you for saying that. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I, I think it, it goes to show that it's a team's, the, the difference between the regular season and postseason, even the Dodgers, I'm sure there's some difference. I'm, I'm sure there's some decrease or some decrease between other postseason teams because you're you're facing the best of the best so the numbers aren't going to be quite as good but I feel like do you get the sense that the Rays numbers especially I mean their offensive numbers were inflated by those 10 games they played against the Red Sox like I feel like their whatever their runs per score their, their run scored per game number is I feel like that's sort of inaccurate yeah i mean you've got to play the red sox you're you you play who you're scheduled against but that's a lot of games against the worst pitching staff by far in baseball if i don't if i if, if i remember correctly i believe the rays were like sixth or seventh on in runs scored before mm-hmm. that series after they were done with that series they were the team leading run yeah. scored in all of major leagues so <laughs> from going i mean yeah leapfrogging that much i mean that, that's another fan graphs job or maybe right uh us if we had uh, a little bit more time this week uh to to see how wh- what the numbers would look like if you take that boston series out but i mean yeah uh, because I, I will say, can I say this? I, I don't know what, if you take those numbers out, it would be, but I can tell you that in those 10 games, the Rays average seven runs per game. Like, remember they put up that 17 spot. They put up an 11 spot yeah. two eight spot. Like you put up that 17 spot. You don't have to score for three more games. You, you could go right. scoreless the next three games and it still shows that you're averaging four and a half, five runs a game. It's like, wow, this team's doing pretty good, but it, it's yeah. sort of an anomaly when you look at it like that. I don't know. It just seems like that it, it almost felt like that kind of inflated our hopes a little bit going into the playoffs. And we Maybe. sort of ignored it at sometimes the strikeout rate, or at least I did. I get that feeling like, Oh, look what they averaged during the regular season and runs per game. I think they'll be fine. I, I think because we, we looked at the shiny number, I'm not going to say the Boston series because the yeah. Boston series was, you know, a, a little bit earlier in the season, but I, I think, looking at the shiny number of 40. I think that's mm-hmm. what got everybody, you know, oh my, this team is really good. And again, they were really good. They, they made it really to the World Series. They, 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 they were the, all they intents were, and purposes, they were the second team, best team in baseball and they finished as the second best team in baseball. Exactly. So we all are, are in agreement with that. Everybody that's listening, we all know that. However, yes, 
because of that shiny 40, 40 and 20 record, uh, a lot of people didn't want to look under the hood and, and see, okay, but w- what's this team struggling with? And that was the strikeouts. I mean, the strikeout rates. And again, uh, just to highlight a guy, Willie Adamas cannot be striking out at 36% uh, a clip you you can't you can't that is not sustainable if you're striking out 36 percent of the time you are giving me 40 home runs that's yeah. the only that's the only way that 36 percent strikeout rate is acceptable is to give me 40 home runs and i'm not talking about oh but the uzr over 150 and look at the defensive runs say no 36 percent strikeout rate is untenable yeah untenable kevin and he was not the only one. Brandon Lau, yeah, he got better, but a 25% strikeout rate with without that much production in the postseason. Right. I mean, his numbers in the postseason are are it could have just been a, a, a high school kid for all intents and purposes. Really, I mean, the, the numbers are just paultry, and he saw 76 at bats. You know what? With hilarious. a 183 on base percentage. Yeah, unreal. You know what's hilarious is that in the postseason, his, I mean, his batting average was bad for sure. It was, I think, 125 looking at it right now. But because his three hits were uh, home runs, his, his lone three hits were all home runs, his slugging percentage is 500. Funny how that works. <laughs> 125 batting average, 500 slugging percentage. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, that, like you mentioned, uh, the strikeout rate for Adamas and others is untenable, especially, again, there has to be a conversation and some work by the coaching staff with Willie Adamas this offseason on his approach. And you, if you're going to be playing 150, 155, 160 games a year, if you're going to be the guy at shortstop and you're not going to hit 36 home runs, you're more, uh, more theoretically going to hit 20 to 25, you can't be with him that much. You can't right. be. And Ulysses, I've got another note on uh, strikeout rates and actually how it's correlated with World okay. Series winners. But first, before we get to all that juicy goodness, we have to tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It just doesn't make any sense at all. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so before we get to your stat i have another stat myself which is the strikeout rate during the postseason for a couple players that i thought you know 
these guys are the producers, right? Um, mm-hmm. They have to be the offensive horsemen behind uh, the lineup. And that they were not, okay? Uh, we're going to go with from lowest to highest, okay? All right. G-Man Choi struck out 28% of the time. Okay. Wendell, 28%. Meadows, 35%. Brendan Lau, 36%. Willie Adamas, 42%. But if you had to guess who struck out at a higher clip than all of those guys, who would it be? In the playoffs? Yes. Uh, Mike Zanino and or Hunter Renfro? <laughs> Mike Zanino because of the at-bats. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to put Renfro in, 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 in this exercise, but I'm trying to be nice to, to your boy Hunter. Do you know the percentage of times that Mike Zanino struck out during the postseason? Uh, damn near 50% if I had to guess, right? 50.9%. So oh boy. for rounding purposes, we can go to 51%. All of those strikeout rates are not okay. They're not. So You of can't course. win the World Series with six of your regular guys because those are all regulars. Choi, right. Wendell, Meadows, Lau, Adamas, Zunino. You can have 28% and above strikeout rates. You can't. No, I agree with you there. And my stat also points to that. But my question, Ulysses, is what do we do about that? Do we start making the move to getting rid of some of these players so you can bring those strikeouts down so the, the Rays aren't? Uh, the most uh, strikeout heavy team in all of baseball by a wide margin. Is that kind of the start of, okay, we can't necessarily right now take out Willie Adamas, but we can take out maybe some of these other guys, some of these other guys that are striking out at a, at a very high clip. Well, yeah, I think you could see a Choi and Wendell being traded. Uh, I, I, the problem with Choi being traded Besides the whole fan favorite thing and well, the clubhouse, yeah. uh, you know. The other uh, thing too is who is taking Choi's spot? Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe, exactly. He Nate also Lowe strikes out. He strikes out more than Choi, quite frankly. He'll give you more power, exactly. of course. It's kind of the. I think it's the trade off of what you're getting. If you're getting Nate Lowe expected power for those strikeouts, maybe you can live with it. But yeah, that that's a big consideration there too. You saw right through me. That's the yeah. issue with getting rid of Choi, because then you, whoever you're putting there, uh, if it's if it if it's Nate Lowe, then you're gonna have the same issue, or even larger one. Maybe like you said, right. a couple more bombs here and there. But uh, Wendell, he's got a sure glove. But who are you gonna put there for for Wendell? But I don't know if you're going to see any type of move with Adamas, Brandon Lau. And Meadows. So that's what, like what you said. The team has to kind of talk to these guys and say, hey, this is what we want you to work on. Because Brandon Lau worked on it. We yeah. definitely saw an improvement in his approach at the plate where instead of striking out a 33% clip, he's striking out a 25% clip during the regular season. That all went to, to hell, basically, right. <laughs> during the postseason. But uh, th- you saw improvement during the regular season. And, and that's what matters. So can Adamas do that? Can can Meadows do that? Because uh, honestly, with Austin, the issue here is if he doesn't get better with the bat, 
it's not like the glove is keeping him on, right. on a major league roster. Yeah, I agree. And I think, look, I think Meadows, I expect him to get back to close, maybe not quite as good as his 2019 form. But I think if he gives you the production he gives you in 2019 and he strikes out at a similar clip, you can live with that. But a guy like Willie Adamas, that makes you scratch your head. A guy like Hunter Renfro, look, I looked it up. Hunter Renfro could get as much as $4 million, $3.95 million in arbitration. You can't pay that guy that. Right. No, like, no. And I've, I've been a Renfro guy. He's been my yeah. boy. But when I saw that number four million uh, of what he could get in arbitration and all the other guys that are getting bumps, I mean, Choi is going to get more this year. Margot is right. going to get more this year. Wendell's going to get more this year. Not to mention all the pitchers, Glasnow, Alvarado, Ryan Yarbrough. So something's got to give somewhere. And yeah. it, it's really, quite frankly, if they do let, I mean, basically get rid of Renfro, it's going to make that Tommy Pham trade look even worse than it does yeah, right now. It'd, uh, it'd be nice to have Jake Cronenworth right about now, right? I mean, oh, his you uh, mean 15% the, strikeout rate. You mean the uh, possible rookie of the year? Yeah. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink at a future episode. Look, uh, yeah. It, it, it's, Hunter Renfro for anybody who wants the the clip, the strikeout rate it's a uh, 48% during the playoffs okay oh he boy. struck out 11 times in 23 at bats so definitely less yeah. at bats but <laughs> the strikeouts were still there uh everybody so yeah you can't you can't pay him 4 million dollars to be a part-time player no no, I mean, if you can't pay four and a half million dollars to who you say is a tremendous catcher with a great defensive skill and oh, is so right. great with the pitchers, you can't pay that guy four and a half mil. You're gonna pay this guy who, yeah. at the end, you kind of benched. You benched yeah. him. If if you can't pay Tommy Pham eight million dollars to play every day, Thank you certainly you. can't pay Renfro four million dollars to play. Every other second or third day. No, can't do it. Not, not going to happen. Set, match, Kevin Weiss. That's, that's yes. exactly it. If you can't Thank pay you. Tommy Pham for the production for $8 million, you can't pay Hunter Renfro for four. You'll so, pay Hunter for a million, sure. Yeah, that's fine, but not, not four times that. Which brings no. me back to, look, I hate to go back to the Jake Cronenworth trade, but is that, do you get the sense that that, Jake Cronenworth is to the Rays what Randy Arasarena is to the Cardinals. In other words, of letting this Jake Cronenworth, like Randy, 350 hitters at AAA, 24, 25, 26 years old, so kind of older prospects in a sense, and they, they trade him away for a shiny younger toy. Yeah. So the, the Rays getting Xavier Edwards, the Cardinals getting Matt Liebertor and those respective separate deals it's like we're gonna trade this 25 year old triple a guy who really could really be a difference maker for for the shiny 18 19 20 year old you know what it is is that sometimes people are used to good things in their own life and and don't see it from an outside perspective in the inside race perspective what do they think about uh, their farm system? Well, we have a glut of middle infielders. We can just start giving them away. We have so, so many middle infielders. It's like, sure. But one of those could be the guy that got away. And, yeah. and I think Jake Cronenworth has shown throughout the minor leagues that he could hit. He could even pitch 
Didn't in 2019, he, he actually started, uh, you know, pitching as a reliever and in four innings of work, five innings of work, he didn't get hit at all. He didn't get scored upon at least. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So the, how you trade that guy with your philosophy of trying to get the neck, the, the market inefficiency, how you traded that guy. I mean, they must think of Xavier Edwards. I mean, the, he, he better be the, the second coming of Lindor. I'm telling you right, right now, like he right. better be to that level because I really would have liked to see, I know you don't want to bench Willie Adamas's glove, but at the trop, the way he's hitting or not hitting, I wouldn't mind seeing, yeah, you take a little bit of a slide defensively, but you put Cronenworth over there in short, you work the shifts, you make it work. Yeah. You make it work for yeah. most of the game and then maybe do a defensive substitution later on. I don't Look, know. What do we, I know? We, I'm not in the front <laughs> office. So, yeah. Well, the players that, that the Rays have, because you know, as a fan, you, you start to really enjoy these players and how um, they produce on the field. But this could be a change uh, of guys, right? I mean, you can say, why would they change? They were 11 outs away from a game seven to one of the best teams ever assembled. Okay. That, that team was a tank. It didn't have any flaws at all. Right. They were 11 outs away from a game seven. So why would the Rays do any sort of change? But you can also say, look, you didn't even have to go to six games. This team was was so good that if they had produced just a little bit more, just a couple changes here and there, yeah. they could have won it in five. They could have won it in yeah. six. So and maybe you see an Adamas being traded maybe to, for somebody that can do a little bit more contact. There could be, you know, bombshells out there this trade season. Right. And who knows? They might be really high on Vidal Brujan right about now. They might right. be really high on Taylor Walls right about now. We know they're high on Wander. Yeah. Come late 2021, maybe even earlier, depending on how he's progressed. And you mentioned that. I mean, there's there were quite a few postseason games where the Rays kind of got by uh, by the hair of their chinny chin chin. Like they mm-hmm. very easily could have lost several of those games against uh, the the Astros and stuff. If not for Brett, uh, Brett Phillips, I mean that that series could have been over too. So you brought up a great question, which brings me to my point. The Rays were what eleven outs away. Yeah, why change now? What do you have to alter? What 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 does it matter? Just keep the same, roll out the same team, and and hope for the same results. Well, I can tell you right now that uh, the Rays, with a twenty six point nine percent regular season strikeout rate, and much worse in the postseason, that's never ever ever going to win you a World Series because thanks to FanGraphs. They have an amazing stat on the strikeout rate of the last 10 World Series winners. And the TLDR version is <laughs> if, if your team has a combined strikeout rate of more than 21%, uh, you're not winning a World Series. Because all these teams, the last 10 years, they've got strikeout rates basically between 15 to 20%. Dodgers, 2020, 20.3%. Nationals, 20.9%. Red Sox, 19.9%. Astros, 17.3%. Cubs in 2016, 21.1%. Royals in 2015, 20.5%. Royals, 15.9%. Giants, 20.5% in 2014. Red Sox in 2013, 20.5%. Giants in 2012, or 2012, 17.7%. And Cardinals in 2011, 15.7% strikeout rate. Yeah. 
so what is exactly that tells you that you need to move the ball because the runs. Yes. I, I hate, I hate, I hate saying these cliches because I hate hearing them as a fan. Right. But then when we get on in front of a mic, they're so true runs at our, they, they are, they run at a premium. Okay. Especially it, nowadays with the pitching and the bullpen changes and everything. Yeah. It's very difficult to score in the postseason more so than the regular season. So when you have a guy on third, like Manny Margot and there are no outs, you have to get that guy in, mm-hmm. especially if the infield is literally giving it away. They're not playing in on you. You can literally just make contact on the ground and you have a run. They were giving them that run. But, like, what else do you need to do? And so you either need to talk to your guys and say, hey, this is the way we need to approach now, not hack away. Or the Rays say, nah, we're going to be the pioneers on this and we will strike out at a 27% clip and we will win the World Series. I mean, they got pretty darn close, but I think that's going to be so tough to do. And it makes me wonder, I I keep going back and forth on this. Like we talked so much yesterday about how much we believe in probably going to happen. Mike Zanino returning in a raised uniform, but I don't know how you continue to roll out that guy and give that guy playing time. You're basically putting a pitcher in as your number nine hitter for all intents and purposes. Like, something's got to give it there, there's got to be a catcher out there that can provide what he does to some extent defensively and has about half the strikeout rate you you'd have to i mean you have to believe right that i mean it, it can't Kurt be Suzuki, or- here we go welcome to town come on kurt come somebody, on down tyler flowers i mean is somebody but i i think the rays are just so adamant on on just a glove first catcher they've shown that since basically diana navarro just go glove first and everything else will work out it it will work out itself but if that's your mentality if that's the way that you say hey that's how we've gotten really good pitchers for the last 12 years guys that's why because we have a good backup a catcher each time behind the dish that's why we have so, so many good pitching results if that's why you have to fix the lineup around that guy, right? Mm-hmm. If he's producing nothing at the plate, everybody else has to step up, right? And and you can't step up with, with I mean, 42%, 36 35 28% yeah. strikeout rates in the postseason. That's, uh, that's unreal, right. man. Yeah, you can get away with, okay, we'll, we'll accept Zanino's basically 50%, 40 to 50% strikeout rate. But nobody else in that lineup can't have a strikeout rate. Higher than 22. 31. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, so, so I don't know what they will do. It, it, I, I, I don't even I think want we're in for a busy offseason. That's what I think we're in. Like talking about all this and seeing some of the salaries that are going to go up. Man, this, I think this team could look totally, completely different. I think it in could. In many respects. The issue, Kev, is that a lot of teams are doing the same. So there's going to be yes. a lot of players waiting and, and looking at their phones in mid-March saying, where am I going to go? Am I going to go right. somewhere? Uh, yeah. it's, it's going to be a very slow uh, offseason, like, like we said uh, yesterday. But, oh, buddy, the, I really do hope that they do change this mentality of the, of the strikeout. Yeah. It's not, and it's not help. fun to watch. It's, uh, yeah. it's not aesthetically pleasing. You want to see balls in play. Yes. That's why 
I think even though he is on the rival Yankees and he is an extreme case, but what DJ LeMahieu is able to do right. with the bat where he's basically got a paddleboard out there pushing <laughs> yeah. the ball the other way, like he doesn't miss, you know, the old ad, he don't miss, he don't miss. Yes, like that's, yes. that's what happens. So yeah, I think in, you made a good point there too about other teams are trying to replicate and doing the same thing. Uh, even more so this off season where spending is going to be uh, likely very far and few in between. Yeah, It's yeah. going to be a lot of frugal teams out there. Well, why owners telling their general managers in front off, why can't we get a world series team with a $50 million payroll? Like the Rays have done. Why, why do we right. have this guy on the books and so on and so forth? And you're going to have a, a lot of those mid-tier players or a lot of guys that do maybe just one thing really well or two things really, they might not get that opportunity. Those, those free agents, like we mentioned the other day, um, a lot of guys that are going to be scrambling, I think, which is, you know, sort of unfortunate, but sort of the way the, the game's going, which I think goes back to the fact that you should have a salary cap and a salary floor. Teams have to spend this, From this minimum point, amount. Yeah. You have to spend at least $70 million on your payroll. I don't, we don't right. care how you do it. Just do it and, yeah. and go from there. So uh, well, maybe I that's think, something for the CBA, for the next CBA. And yeah. uh, we'll make sure to get our our voices heard. Obviously, we'll, you got Manfred's number. So text Yeah, him, he just texted me him. right now. That was that, that was that notification alert. He just said, hey, how's it going? Uh, it's election day today. That, that's what I got, basically, from... He said, happy, vo- happy voting day to my Locked on Race podcast. Everybody yes. listening, happy voting day. Uh, I hope you use your, your right to exercise the, the right to vote. And yeah. uh, just like we always say here, you know, it, it's, it's all fun and games unless you strike out 50% of the time. That's true. Also, be sure you wear a mask when you go in to vote. Please yes, do that. Yes, please. Be nice. Uh, for the sake of human decency and, and such. Uh, well, we hammered on the Rays offense for about uh, 30 <laughs> plus minutes at least, but it was something um, we had to address. Again, strikeouts, strikeouts, strikeouts. And I think you could definitely see a change in that mentality. I'm saying here's, here's my pie in the sky move. Tommy LaStella, Tommy LaStella types, add him to the roster and, and see what you can do. Or if there's got Vidal Brujan doesn't strike out. If you're ready for him to take that next step, then maybe that is what you have to do. And here, I thought you were going to say, you know what, just trade, uh, trade Wendell and trade another guy and make some space for Wander a third and push Bilao in the, to the outfield and put Bruhan on, on second. That's 2022, go. 2023. I don't know if I'm quite ready to do that yet, but maybe in my MLB The Show video game. I would have I'll been have the case for 2021 if <laughs> I, I, would be, I, I wouldn't be, have been surprised if that would have been the move. But if there had been minor league season in 2020, then we could have seen both Vidal and Wander uh, starting at third and second, but without uh, minor leagues, I think we're going to have to wait to, to see those uh, two guys. Well said. Very good points there. All right. Be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page. We'll have a new segment dropping later on today. Patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. All right. That wraps up this edition of locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on MLP. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.